0: Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more, or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, The Tie That Binds by Lisa Finch. It was too hot. Joel loosened his tie, slumped against the bathroom wall and pulled out his phone. Everything in his being screamed that it was a mistake to call her, but his fingers, working on some rebellious motor memory, dialed anyway. Know me. One ring. Was she home? Two rings. Was she alone? He tried to swallow around what could only be described as a pound of dust in his mouth. Hello? Her familiar voice made him want to slide down to the floor. He yanked at his tie, pulled it free. N- Nomi! He managed to get out. It was difficult to breathe. Joel, what's wrong? I'm not sure. I think I'm dying. Nomi! A sound, like a strangled animal, escaped him. He'd leave her and this world with a whimper. She let out an exasperated sigh. Where are you? Please don't tell me you're standing downstairs waiting to be let in. I'm at the Capri. I'm on a date. Joel. She sighed. Why are you calling me? I'm in the men's room. I can't go out there, Nay. You're talking to me from the bathroom while some poor girl is waiting at your table? Joel, I'm not having this conversation. Don't hang up. Make it fast, then. He picked up his tie. It was royal blue, with jazzy red swirls on it. Not something he would have chosen for himself, but Nomi had liked it. Said it made him look sharp. She'd run her hands along it and then down his body. He'd shivered as she'd kissed him. They'd almost been late for her co-worker's wedding. It had been worth it. He put the tie against his face and breathed in. Nothing. Not even a trace of her perfume remained. Joel? Quit my job, nay. I'll get one with regular hours, I swear. I'll do anything. Take me back. Just... His throat tightened and tears sprung to his eyes. How did they get to this point? I'm not having this conversation. When had her voice turned so lifeless? I'm wearing the tie you picked out for me. You remember the blue one with the swirls? And? You remember the day I wore it to Marcy's wedding? Joel... No, me. I don't think I'm ever going to love anyone like I loved you. Look, I'm sorry, but we're broken up. I've moved on. A moment of dead air. He pictured her drumming her hand on the table, waiting for him to get off the line. I'm sorry I called, he said, hoping she'd say, as she always did, that it was all right. She didn't. You should move on. Get out of the men's room and be with your date. All right. He knew he should have left it at that, but what the hell? Know me? Yes. She sounded exasperated. Can I call you after? She exhaled loudly. I guess. She'd just traded annoyed for exhausted. Done. Joel pressed end and pocketed his phone. He splashed water on his face, straightened his tie, looked at himself in the mirror. Doomed, he thought, and went out into the restaurant anyway. At least his heart had stopped racing. Now it only ached. Or maybe it was heartburn. He could breathe, too. He had that going for him, and he could still call Nomi after the date. She'd said so. He walked back to the dining room and found his date, Brianna, sitting at their table. Sorry about that, he said as he took his seat. Are you okay? You look a little pale. He took a sip of water. Would you believe I was having a panic attack? She smiled. I'm familiar with those, yes. Her eyes were lovely and kind. He hadn't noticed until just then. I love your tie, she said. Thank you. Now what? Should he return the compliment? What could he say that didn't sound forced? If I didn't tell you earlier... You're even prettier in person. He rolled his eyes. I guess that sounds cheesy, but it's true. Thank you. Her eyes crinkled when she smiled. So, do you want to talk about the panic attack? He took another drink. Doesn't that run counter to all the dating rules? I wouldn't have asked if I didn't want the answer, so it's all good. You're my first date since my breakup. Hmm. She pursed her lips like she was weighing her words. We have something in common, then, other than our dating profiles. Is this where we swap sad stories? Nah, she waved her hand. Let's talk about something else. Tell me about your job, and I'll tell you about mine. You're a locomotive engineer, right? Joel flashed to being on the engine, to the late nights, no sleep, being put up in hotels, never knowing when he'd get called for work. Coming home, know me leaving for work days without seeing each other days without making love, the late night calls for him to come to work, the spare board, which was another way of saying on call forever, her glaring at him when the phone rang as if he'd willed it, the fights, the tears, her saying she didn't think she could live like this, she couldn't imagine one day having children with someone who'd never be home, the pay was great, he enjoyed running the train, hated the politics, hated the look of disappointment in Nomi's eyes whenever he had to cancel their plans, when she'd had to go everywhere alone. Even sitting here now he could get a call. He might have to leave this date to drive the train, but maybe that wouldn't be so bad, because thinking of how it had ended with Nomi was making him sweat. He loosened his tie a little. It was so hot in here. He felt nauseated He tried to swallow, couldn't. Joel, you don't look so good, Brianna said, her brow furrowing. She leaned over and took his hand. Your hand feels clammy. Suddenly, she came around to his side of the table, removed his tie, his jacket. Tell me your symptoms. Remember, I'm a nurse. She felt his face. I'm going to get you to the hospital. I think you may be having a heart attack. It'll be all right. You're okay. But he didn't feel okay. The dining room hazed purple and splotchy and he thought he heard a faint buzzing noise. People turned to stare. Joel sat on his hospital bed, looking out the window. It was bright. The trees were starting to bud, he noticed. On the side table, he saw his clothing all folded nice and neat. Brianna's doing, he figured. She'd been in to see him every day since his heart surgery. As promised, he was going to be fine. You still owe me a date, she'd said with a smile. Nomi hadn't come to see him, but she had called. She asked how he was feeling, told him she was sorry, asked if he needed anything, said she'd call again. That last bit was a lie, and they both knew it. She'd never call again, and he would force himself not to either. The days would blend into weeks, the weeks into months without her. It was funny in a way that his heart had literally broken and had to be fixed. With new and improved parts, would he love better or smarter next time? Would his heart ache less? He looked out the window again. It was a beautiful day, his release day. Release day, he thought, and smiled. Maybe he was being released from his depression over Nomi. He couldn't help but find metaphors everywhere. He dressed himself and then sat down again, the blue tie in his hands. Brianna came in with a wheelchair. Ready? You're very sweet to do all this. I could take a taxi, you know. It's no trouble. Her face had turned a pretty shade of pink. Anyway, your chariot awaits. She wheeled the chair over to him. Almost, he said, and threw the tie in the waste paper basket. You don't want that tie anymore? Joel took his seat, tipped his head back, and smiled up at her. I think it's time for a new one. This has been The Tie That Binds, written by Lisa Finch. For more information about Manawaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit Manawaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manawaker Studios' director of dice is Ben Baston. I'm CB Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at CB. D R O E G E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Manowaker Studios' flash fiction podcast, Home. I want to go home. I want to go home. It was like an echo but an echo of my thoughts, not my words.